we all have times when hope seems lost. We all have times when we are painfully aware of something being taken away from us, our possessions, our, our freedom, our friend, our family member, our loved one, our health, our dignity, our hope. And we all have times, I believe, that we are running from our past, our regrets, our failures, our mistakes, our sin. I'm sure that we all have things in our life, plenty of times in your life, plenty of things that you can think of that you wish you could forget. Right? I think there are plenty of times in our life where you wish you could kind of press the rewind button and go back in your life and do it over again. Why did I do that? Why am I so dumb? Why am I so proud, so stubborn, so foolish? Why am, why am I so weak? Why am I, why am I so misled? Why did I do that? I wish I could rewind. Why am I so selfish? Why am I so unloving? Have you ever been running for your life? Or are you running from your life? Think about Peter. Okay, think about Peter. Have you ever betrayed someone? Peter did. He betrayed Jesus. Have you ever felt forgotten? Have there ever been times in your life where it seemed to you that God is silent? Well, there was for Peter. What do you think Peter felt like on Friday night? Or how about on Saturday? Or early Sunday morning? I think he felt frozen in time as the whole world was passing him by. All hope is gone. There's not going to be a next time. I blew it. Jesus, you said that you would never leave us. You promised you would never leave us. Where are you now? Are you gone because I left you? Friends, I think that we can identify with Peter because we have left him too. We have left Jesus too. Jesus called us to follow him. To take up our cross and follow him. Jesus called us to, to leave everything behind and follow him because he is the way, the truth, and the life. We don't need anything else but him. He is everything we need. But we haven't followed him. We haven't followed God the way that we should. We haven't put him first. We, we haven't worshiped him and served him you and i you and i think that we can we think we can make god happy by being good people well you know what it hasn't worked it didn't work for peter and it hasn't worked for anyone in history we have all failed when we are painfully aware of this when we are 
becoming aware of what we've lost because of our sins and our betrayals and our failures. When, when we are aware of how painfully difficult life is going to be because we have made it that way, there is no hope. There is no hope like being reminded of the hope that can be found in the three days that changed the world. And this is a hope that can never be taken away from us. Even though all earthly things fail, this will never fail because it's based on an irreversible historical fact, Christ's resurrection from the dead. He is not here, just as He said. He is risen. He lives, and because He lives, hope lives too. Look at Mark chapter 16. It was the, if you want to look along, it's the first lesson that we had this morning. Mark 16, 1 to 8. You have the women who are going to the tomb on Sunday morning. The women went to the tomb on Sunday morning and they're fully expecting to find Jesus' dead body. You know, I, we, we would like to say, well, well, maybe they were going, you know, to check out just to see if maybe he had risen from the dead like he said he was going to. But they weren't. They were coming bringing spices because they were intending to anoint his dead body. But when they got there, the angel told them, He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, just as he told you. And then the angel said, But go, tell his disciples. And here comes two very important words. Look very closely. And Peter as if it wasn't certain, after what happened, after what Peter did, that he was still a disciple. Go tell the disciples and Peter. He's not included with the rest of the disciples. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell Peter. Go tell the one who betrayed me. The one who denied knowing me. Go tell the one who's running from his past, his regrets, his failures, his mistakes, his sins. Go tell the one who feels forgotten. Go, go tell the one who, who thinks that I'm being silent. Go tell the one who thinks that all hope is lost. And friends, that's, that's us, okay? That's you and me too, isn't it? Aren't there times that, that we've been running from our past, our betrayals, our failures, our sins? Haven't, been there, haven't there been times where we have felt forgotten? Times where we have thought or felt that all hope is lost? Then you need to look at these words and realize something today. Jesus wasn't just talking to the disciples. He was talking to you and me as well. Go tell the disciples and Peter, and Joel, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you. Tell everybody, because we all need to hear this. Go tell them that I am risen, just as I said. Go tell them that hope is not lost. Go tell them that this is not the end. It's only the beginning. Friends, Jesus is risen. 
And that means that hope for you and me has just begun. And here's how we know that it was just beginning for Peter. Look at our text. Now page back to our sermon text. It's printed on the bottom. The one uh, printed right there under the theme. Look at our text. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How do we know this was a beginning for Peter? Who wrote this? Peter did. Peter wrote these words. In his great mercy, God has given us a living hope through Jesus' resurrection. In his great mercy. Now the word mercy means pity, compassion, grace, undeserved love. Okay, Peter understood the gospel. Peter understood that great mercy he was shown. He understood the forgiveness, the the grace, the undeserved love that he was shown. Because Peter understood how deeply he had failed Jesus. And so the only thing that could have given Peter hope was the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that Jesus helped Peter understand, made sure that Peter knew and understand that it was his sins that he died and rose again for. Friends, you and I, we need to understand how deeply we have failed God. We need to understand how deeply we failed him. And then we need to understand the great mercy he's shown us. We need to understand the forgiveness, the undeserved love he's shown us. We need to understand that it was our sins that he died and rose again for so that we could have that peace, that sure hope that our sins have been forgiven. And by doing that, he has given us what he calls a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Now, now a living hope is a hope that can't be extinguished by, by untold circumstances. It's, it's like a living water um, that flows from a, a perennial spring. So it's always new. It's always fresh. So because of Easter, we have this hope in our lives now that that's always alive, that's always there, that's always real, and that's always relevant. A, a living hope doesn't go up and down like, like the stock market, okay? Or, or your favorite hockey team. It doesn't go up and down like, thank goodness, Right? doesn't go up and down like that all right it, it stays it's solid it's it's always there it's not based on our achievements it doesn't come from us and that's the most important point it comes from god it's a gift from him this is not the end this is only the beginning we have a future that's what easter is about we have a future and that changes now the way that we live in the present Think about your lives. Why is it so hard to face suffering, uh, disability, disease? Why is it so hard to, to, to do the right thing when you know that may cost you your money, your reputation, your, your job, maybe even your life? Why is it so hard to face your own death or the death of a loved one? But if Christ is risen, it changes everything. 
Why is it so hard to face those things? Here's why. It's because you and I often get to thinking that this broken world we live in is the only world we're ever going to have. We get to thinking that this money I have is the only wealth I'm ever going to have. That this body is the only body I'm ever going to have. But if Jesus is risen, it changes everything. It means that our future is so much more beautiful. Our future is so much more hope-filled. And our future is so much more certain. And if our future is so much more certain, as we talked with the children, the fact that we're anchored into heaven because of Easter, and we have that hope, it changes the way that we live in the present. It changes the way we enjoy that boat ride. It changes the light. It changes the way we make decisions and approach sufferings and hardships and approach joy. It changes everything about the way we live now. All right? An inheritance, it says, that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you. Here's why we have hope. Because our inheritance, our eternal inheritance in heaven is something that we've already received. It is imperishable. That means it can't be ruined or wrecked or destroyed uh, like, like the way that a hostile army would, would ravage your land. It can't spoil. Okay, that means that it can't be stained by evil. It can't be changed or, or, or you know, muted in, in any way. And then it can never fade. Like, look at these beautiful Easter lilies up here. They, they look beautiful today, right? But you know what's going to happen in a few days. They're going to droop. They're going to die. They're going to fade away. But not your hope. Not your hope ever. Think what this would have meant to, to an Israelite. The children of Israel's promised land had been ruined by enemy armies. It had been defiled by heathen religious practices. And it had been taken away from them. So Peter was telling them and us that our eternal inheritance can never be taken away from us. It can never be eaten away by, by robbery or, or uh, taxes or uh, depreciation or inflation or war or terrorism or nuclear war. We could blow up the planet and we would still have this hope because your hope is kept, it's guarded in heaven for you. Too many people in the world today say, well, yeah, I can see why it'd be comforting to believe that. But, but, but that's just wishful thinking. You know, that, that's just a crutch that uh, weak people use to get through life. I got this great insight from uh, Tim Keller. He said that today we are living in the first era in all of history in which it is widely believed that a happy ending is the mark of inferior storytelling. Well, put that into plain English because I think you, you've been there with me. Are you not as frustrated as, as we are trying to find just a, a decent movie to watch these days, you know? You go and you, you, you want to rent a movie or, or, or watch a movie, but most of them are depressing, aren't they? What happened to the good movies with the good ending? Those are gone. They don't make those anymore. They're, they're just depressing these days. Critics like unhappy endings. 
Why? I guess they think that life is meaningless. So happy endings are misleading. Unhappy endings, they say, uh, more correctly connect us or reflect on the, the actual suffering and hardship of real life. So a proper story has an unhappy ending. It's more intelligent. Have you ever wondered why Steven Spielberg never won an Oscar until he stopped making movies that only had happy endings? But guess which of his films are the most popular by far? The ones with happy endings. You see, real people, real people, not critics, real people like happy endings. Sorry, God loves critics too. But we love happy endings. Why? It is not an attempt to escape into fantasy world. We love happy endings because we sense that they connect us to an underlying reality. We like happy endings because we sense the truth in them. They do connect us to the truth, which is the underlying reality that connects us as to why they're happy. All right? So you're watching one. You're, you're watching a movie or you're reading a book, okay? And it's going to have a happy ending. But, but as you're going through the story, you definitely do see that the world is certainly filled with danger and sorrow and hardship. But nonetheless, there is meaning to it all. And there is a difference between good and evil. And most importantly, in the end, there will be a final defeat of evil and an escape from death. The ending, the hope that we can't live without. Now listen carefully. The gospel story of Jesus is not just one more happy ending story that connects us to the underlying reality that makes us sense that it is true. The gospel story of Jesus is the underlying reality that all other good stories point to. The reason that you like happy endings is because they point you to the real happy ending that is awaiting you. The gospel of Jesus does a whole lot more than just leave us with a, a, good, a good feeling that is passing. Because it is the true story. It is fact. And so when you read it, and when you hear of the resurrection of Christ, it isn't just a, a great experience. It is a life-changing power. Imagine Peter on Easter Sunday morning going to the tomb and finding Jesus' dead body there. And then the angel tells him, Peter, I want you to go and tell everyone that Jesus rose again from the dead. It, it, it would be so much better for, for them to remember him that way than to remember him dead. And, and that kind of story will, will inspire your friends. So go out and tell the world that Jesus rose again, and even if you're persecuted for it. And oh, by the way, you, you can live with, with peace and comfort because you should know that Jesus did forgive you before he died. Well, would Peter have given his life to preach about the risen Christ to the point he was crucified for it? 
No way. Because that isn't what happened. He saw Jesus. He touched Jesus. And Jesus made sure that he knew that his sins were forgiven. And that is the only way that Peter could have written these words. That is the only way that Peter could have lived these words. The gospel story of Jesus changes lives because it is true. We can't save ourselves. Nothing short of the death of the Son of God could save us. But the happy ending of Jesus' resurrection is so hope-filled and so joyful that it swallows up even the sorrow of the cross. If we don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we may smile at the happy ending of, of a book we're reading or a movie we're watching, but that smile is going to quickly fade away because our mind is going to tell us life isn't really like that. But if we believe that Jesus rose again, not only will we enjoy happy endings a whole lot more, but now, even when we are faced with difficulties and hardships and sad endings in life, our hearts can still be filled with joy and hope because we know that because of Jesus, that life is like that. That life really does have a good ending. The resurrection of Jesus means that sin and death have been defeated. Jesus rose from the dead. Your sins are gone. You have new life now. And one day you will rise again too and live forever. Amen. And because we know that this is a true story, it fills us with hope because we know that life is like that. It gives us the hope that this is not the end. It gives us the hope that we can't live without. Exactly six months ago today, exactly one half a year ago today, October 8th, my dad entered his eternal inheritance, which can never perish, spoil, or fade. And as sad as it is to miss him like I do, I do not grieve without hope. Because I believe, as he believed, that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now all the way to the funeral and back, we, um, we played this, this song in our car stereo uh, over and over again. A song called, I Know of a Sleep in Jesus' Name. Steve, can you just play that song for us now? And I invite you to just kind of uh, listen along uh, to this song. Whenever I hear this song, I can picture my dad's tombstone out in that peaceful cemetery right next to the uh, church that he and my mom were married in. And I can picture it so clearly. In Jesus. Jesus' name to rest. The earth shall unfold me deep.
Jesus rose from the dead, our death is only going to be asleep. And we don't have to fear anything of what the world might tell us about death. is the hope that we cannot live without. I want to read from you that last lesson we had today from 1 Thessalonians. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Voice whose tender song I hear. This child's not dead, but sleeps in my I hear these words spoken from a living Lord to his dear child. I can picture that my dad's tombstone in that, in that cemetery where his body is resting, waiting to be reunited with his soul in heaven. Jesus who 
Jesus was slain for our sins. And he rose again. And because he did that, we never have to say goodbye. Because one day, the Lord himself is going to come from heaven. And he's going to raise all the dead. And he's going to take his children with him. And I can just see those tombstones bursting forth. And I can see Jesus taking my dad with him. With us. With all of us. And that is the hope that you cannot live without. That's why Easter is the hope that we cannot live without. Amen.